We'd like to take a minute to thank this week's sponsor, Shred Claw Apparel. It's a brand by guitarists for guitarists. Shred Claw is a one-man shop printed and shipped out of his garage in Southern California, featuring artwork from super talented artists from all over the world. On stage or in the pit, we have your back. Visit www.shredclaw.com and use code UnsignedPopPunk20 from now till the end of February to receive 20% off all apparel. Welcome to Where Did All My Friends Go, a podcast about life in the music industry. And guess what? Season, it's season two! two! We could literally have not gotten this far we without all of the listeners, all of the support, everything that you guys have done for us, the guests, the the people who've helped us set up the podcast, like literally everything. We could not have done this without and you. This is insane. And yes. Today we have we're gonna we're we're starting out with a fun one, okay? And and guess what? It, it's not gonna slow down from here. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of fun ones coming up, but this week's season premiere is Casey Cavalier. The Wonder, from the Wonder, dude, I don't even want to talk anymore. Let's get right into this freaking season two premiere. Welcome to another episode of Where Did All My Friends Go, a podcast about life in the music industry. And today we have a really special guest. But before we get to the special guest, Pat, how you doing, buddy? Oh, geez. Went, went Just to me. That's complete cool. 180. Did I'm you, cool, you Barry. That? You're cool. They, they don't no care. They don't no care. It's shit. the same thing. Let's introduce Casey Cavalier from The Wonder Years. Hey. Some applause there. I'll edit applause. I was like, I was like, Super. I don't know what they're gonna do. In post- are they, do they want like a like a post break here for some sound effects? Or? Uh, I got spliced. There'll be something weird here, you know, like yeah, air horns throw or it something. In, man, be like I would tiger love noises. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna find crowd it. Raunchy, make that crowd raunchy as hell. Um, it's it's just gonna be like grandma's clapping. <laughs> it's just gonna be it's a, just gonna a be smattering s- of like golf snaps or like golf claps yeah, and like yeah. and like yeah, poetry sure, claps, sure, sure. like slam you know hey, slam like poetry that. claps. That. Yeah. Also, <laughs> well, uh, well, also, Pat, yeah. dude, you get, you're selling yeah. yourself short, acting like people don't care out here. You don't know that. Never make assumptions like that, buddy. Well, you know? well, here's here's the thing. I, I'm just gonna say, like, it's not that they don't care, but it's kind of one of those things. That almost every episode, you know, we're like, Bear, how you doing? It's like it's the same fucking thing, man. It's just Monday, whatever day. What is it? Thursday? It's, it's Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> it's just Thursday. You know, it's been a great it's been a great day. But you know, besides that, like, welcome to the podcast, Casey. Thank well, you, and, uh, Thank for, you, gentlemen. For, the, for those of you out there that don't know Casey, uh, you're a founding member of the Wonder Years, producer, host of the record process. Yeah, Let's start by talking about the Wonder Years just a little bit. So when you guys were starting out, what, what were some of your goals? Like, Were you hoping to make it big? Or just tell us about those early days a little bit. Yes. Wow. The, uh, the goal setting. Such an important thing. But honestly, early on for us, not not a not a huge thing uh in all in all honesty we were not taking as you do i guess when you're younger in in the teens we're not taking things too seriously we had all been in bands in high school uh that we were you know for varying periods of time uh and space taking maybe more seriously you know taking really really serious like abandoned building and like train track photos and things (laughs) like that Um, oh the best you know, yeah, which uh, 
I think are all part. If you if you're in a band right now and you're listening to this, and you haven't found a set of train tracks and <laughs> drug a photographer with like three oh, bags yeah. out to it. Then honestly, even if you don't use it, just do it because it's an experience. It's a team building exercise. It's a oh, lot yeah. of things. Li- look, if you'll you look back. If you haven't taken a photo, a band promo in front of railroad tracks, you're not actually in a band. Get serious about your shit. Boys. Also, yeah. go <laughs> find a brick wall from a factory with some broken windows. Yeah. Some graffiti, That's my edgier, maybe. My edgier alternative, uh, maybe new metal uh, scene band. And then there. once you get uh, really serious, make sure you go film a music video in the woods. <laughs> True, but let's let's also not forget the most like one of the most important is the gr- graffiti graveyard. Oh areas. my god! Right, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. you gotta, yeah, you gotta get you, spooky. Yeah, at least gotta yeah, you gotta get some graffiti. Right, and the and the first uh, that first time that you have a photographer that's like really getting into it because you know let's be honest, it's your buddy and he's also new to like the photography game, uh, and that's why he convinced you you know to let him take take your promo those promos because he do it for free. Oh man, uh, hey, great exposure! It's going to be great <laughs> exposure. Um, which again, and honestly, I, hey, I get it. That's also a part of it. Um, anybody that doesn't know me, you just bear with me. You will know as we get going into here. There's a touch of sarcasm uh, in a lot of what I say uh, and the delivery, oh. but I always mean well, um, or at least I tell myself. So that, if and I hope it comes for, across for all that of way, our listeners out there, they <laughs> you're gonna have to bring a little more than a touch, okay? Like yeah, Pat and I Bear, go fucking. Bear deep. is like captain. Well, well then I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm moderately sarcastic. Bear is very like Stop captain it. sarcasm Stop. to the point to where there's usually I think you're going to be good with this, but there's usually one really awkward dead moment in every episode to where it's like he says something so fucking weird and everyone's like, oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> OK, great. Honestly, what? I'm here. I'm so here for it. <laughs> but now, as you've as you've reminded me. I will take my shot at some point this hour if I can remember just to really hold back. Even though I could fill the space, you know, I'll try to I'll try to deliver that for the audience. Um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, trying to trying to keep this um, this thing on the tracks, uh, the train tracks, the same ones that you took a photo in uh, in high school. Yep. Um, the uh, the goals uh, were not really uh, you know a huge thing because I think you know the band started as. Uh, just sheer boredom and we a bunch of friends that w- had all been playing in different bands um and just kind of got up and the uh the punk uh, uh pop punk realm that, that a lot of the bands like motion city and and a lot of things in that world at the time were kind of waving the flag of mm-hmm. uh, you know in the like warp tour main stage purview um was kind of like this um <coughs> uniting like common ground because all the the different bands that we were in were you know uh coming from a lot of different directions whether it's like noodly tapping like post indie rock to shit that sounds like a worse springsteen to you know everything in between that you find at a vfw hall floor show um and uh and the pop punk thing was just kind of a a uniting like fun light-hearted uh, way to kind of come together and write a quick joke song. And then that spun out of control into a few more joke songs. Hmm. And that helped us in a way. And I look back at it fondly because I think it's very easy to take things far too seriously, far too soon hmm. before you have any sense of what's really happening or what you really even have um, as a band. Or if you have really 
anything um, worth <laughs> uh, worth people's time, which is, I think, another thing where people are like, why is this, you know, it's so hard. It's so it's like, well, it's because you just didn't, you, like, it's not in it. Like, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, yeah. you know? And in this case, um, we, the reasons for us were purely to have fun. Yeah. Um, and then it was interesting because we were having fun, we were enjoying it, and because we didn't hold on to it too tight with like a laundry list of goals that were way outside the realm, that allowed us to kind of keep it slowly simmering in the background mm -hmm. as we went away to college um, and kind of did you know did our own thing, but always came back to it. So then by the time we we were finished up with school. We had a moment where we had kept a band going. We had slowly kind of transitioned to say, hey, if we're going to keep writing more songs, um, maybe let's pull in some serious life experience stuff hmm. uh, and something that's a little bit more honest and earnest for our singer and lyricist Dan to stand behind, you know, and has some weight to it, which is not, right. you know, that was not the goal early on, right? Hmm. Um so that was definitely a big shift, and I think at that point it was kind. It kind of turned to initially, uh, if I remember correctly, um, the idea of well, okay, um, we know we have like a some semblance of a of a fan base. Um, we had put out a full length, an EP, some other stuff, um, and had gained a little bit of press and. There were there were a few, you know like we weren't like people weren't like beating down the doors and like selling out arenas you know um, at that point but there was enough of something there that we felt good about the idea of testing the waters and saying hey do you want to try to do yeah. this and and take it on the road again and maybe um, put some put some serious energy and uh, legwork into chasing this down and, and putting out more music and um, and taking some of those things more seriously in that way um, Absolutely. to be able to be able to facilitate, uh, you know, at that point, even I don't think the idea of like career were uh, in the canon or in the, you know, the, the things in the way that we were framing it. Um, we certainly didn't think that we'd be here in the position like 15 years later where we are, you know, um, mm -hmm. right. but um but it's it, so it happened slowly it is so much to say. And I think that allowed us to really in a small in a small way and a, a gradual and an intentionful way to pick out things that were important to us um, and to make sure that we were doing things with honesty and to really see how it started kind of one by one, step by step resonating. So the goal initially was, hey, can we not lose money because we're not getting quote unquote real jobs right now. Um, <coughs> so that was kind of step one. And I remember thinking back and being like, well, okay, here are my expenses. Like I phone bill, um, you know, rent. I mean, I, even like still, it's like, this was right out of college. So I think just you throw everything back, like in your parents' basement or a storage locker kind of thing. And, um, oh, yeah. and just say, all right, I have, this is the bare minimum a month I have to make to just like not be <laughs> homeless and or try to like feed clothe myself and, and maybe pay for, I don't know, like your sidekick bill or my razor, right. you know, phone from oh, side in that day. Right. Um, so that was, that was, that was the small one. Sorry. You just sent kind of Pat grew. reeling real quick. <laughs> oh, poor, oh, was poor, guy, yeah, poor guy I, lost. I never had right a sidekick. <laughs> no, I never had a sidekick, but I always wanted one. It was yeah. just, you know what? I, I never, thought it were the, just, a but let, actually, you know what? I never flips. did either. 
our our singer and I think our, one of our tour managers at, at one point had them. And man, <coughs> thing looked fun. Yeah. It was definitely like the ra- the Razor flip phone was okay, but it was not a sidekick. Just <laughs> right. No, like, I mean being able to flip it. Yep. You know. Yes. Yep. But like, let me let me take you back real quick before we keep going to uh, the idea behind and not taking yourself too seriously. Because let's be honest. Um, for all those people out there listening right now who are in like in their first band or starting a new band or like whatever it is it's they're brand new to whatever section it is hearing someone say especially someone successful that you've looked up to for a while hearing somebody say don't take it too seriously is honestly the last thing you really want to hear somebody say like <laughs> like and I'm kind of being serious here for he's least, gone I don't know where he went oh well at least hey at least I'm still recording on my local files because yeah yeah it's yeah, pretty you're great. Good. But with that said, like you did it. people don't want to hear that because it's hard to hear, and yet they don't yeah. understand. Yeah, and I'm sorry for that, but also not sorry. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. Exactly. It's like I, I, you don't want to hear. It's it. It's because it's the truth. Like you. Yeah. Right. I. I feel like in the especially in the like the earlier two thousand, you know, the earlier ish two thousands, like what anyone starting a pop punk band almost always took like the Blink one eighty two approach and was almost little too goofy, like right out the gate, and then they're like, oh, this is actually kind of cool, you know, let's write something meaningful. Mm-hmm. I think like my first songs that I wrote when I was like, I'm gonna do pop punk, like I wrote a fucking song about like Furbies. Uh, you know, it was just like just the dumbest yep. stuff when just still learning how to write. Dude, songs. I remember uh, the so <laughs> when 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 my band first started out, we were like acoustic pop punk, right? So it was just two guitars, two vocals. And I remember going, "I'm gonna put a fucking breakdown in this acoustic guitar song, and it's just gonna be chugs yeah. on an acoustic guitar." And the whole breakdown was talking about how pissed we would get when somebody called uh, Link Zelda. It that's not. That's not who it fucking is. It's Link. Like, get the fuck over it. And that was the whole breakdown, was just acoustic guitars chugging and talking about Link. And you know what? Um, Right? And so, well, some of those things, uh, and much like even uh, some of the few things that maybe never even saw the light of day when, you know, uh, it was more or less, um, you know, much closer to a Weird Al album mm-hmm. on the genre <laughs> spectrum than it is to to where we have landed, you know, years later. Um, there's a mindset and a mentality. Well, the material itself might need work and might need refinement over time. And that's part of you know, the creative journey of finding yourself and understanding what feels best and what amalgamation of influences, whether it's yourself individually and which will hold more weight um, or as a band and all those creative influences, that's one journey. But then the other one is at the same time, not trying to um, stress yourself out over a ton of things that you can't control. And I think that's um, a thing for a lot of people to ruminate on uh, just even just outside of being a band. If you're in any creative discipline, art, photography, videography, um, and and starting out that journey or maybe you're in the midst of it but you're still um still feel like you're kind of scratching and clawing um to to get some momentum going um you know focusing your energy as best you can on the things that you can control versus what you can't and i think the 
approach of not taking things too seriously allows things to unfold and everybody that comes into your world or comes across your band, even if they don't necessarily like the music, right? Even if they're like, mm, they lost me with the Link Zelda breakdown. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they will... You never lose anybody you, with the well, Link Zelda breakdown. Look, if I did, I, I wouldn't want to break keep it. it to you. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. You probably did, but also oh. for every one that you lost, you probably really locked another yeah. one in like wholeheartedly. And, it, and that's and I don't want and that's an honesty. If, thing. if I yeah. lose you, you're not the person I wanted anyway. Like let's be honest. <laughs> and, well, if, and that's if, a whole. If that, you're if you're gone due to a Link Zelda issue, we're fighting. It, like if I meet you in real life, we're fighting. <laughs> it, it's a problem. Well, and that's and that's another. I mean, that's another whole. Um, separate category in, in sure the conversation is. in and of itself. Um, That's a whole different know, podcast right there. Thyself. Um, but in this way, we were just doing what we loved and what, what, what we were getting enjoyment out of and not trying to necessarily, you know, I mean, there's emulation in everything because it's just baked into your influences. Yeah. You like what you like. So mm -hmm. that's going to come out and manifest itself in whatever you're doing and making. Um, but we we weren't holding on to things and trying to like ascribe goals, like milestones, like we've got to get this many MySpace plays and this, and because that was the vanity metric in that day. And you know, <laughs> we're well um, aware. Oh, I miss yeah, it. I miss and, it. Um, and, and so uh, like, I, I think that was uh, the, when I say not taking things too seriously, everybody's journey is different, right? If sure. you start a band ground one with a very dense subject matter, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be hard to tell that person, just don't take it so seriously. It's like, well, that's kind of the thing. That's kind of the art. But in saying, don't take it so seriously, you can apply that mindset to other aspects of it to be like, hey, you can't control whether or not somebody hits like on a photo. What you can control is if somebody does, you know, engage yeah. or reach out to you, how you respond to that and, and, and things of that kind all, Absolutely. all throughout that. So, and and yeah. look, like through... You know, again, for anybody out there listening who's trying to get this shit going, you're going to get haters. You're going to get people who don't understand. And that's okay. Learn to deal with the punches. Learn to just fucking keep going. And you brought up a really good, like, a really good point about, uh, you know, mimicking the, the people who influenced you. Like, there was a big time, a long time where I was like, oh, I really want to be like this vocalist because I love everything they do. I love what they stand for. And I was making music that just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was mine. And then the moment I let go, shit started to click. So if you're out there like right now right. thinking like, oh, I really want to sound, it's okay to have these influences. And, it's, and everyone brings their influences into their music, but do it the way you do it. Like, dude, there's sometimes I find myself singing in the car to try to sound like the guy I'm listening to. And it's like, yeah. wait, why am I even doing that? Like, uh, just do it the way I do, because who gives a shit if they like it or not? Who gives a shit yeah. if they like the whole Link Zelda thing? Who? It's for me. This is my thing. So if that's you out there, like, do it for you. And you know, to piggyback off what uh, Casey's saying, when you're starting a band, not taking it too seriously, it's like, like, uh, it, the way I always imagined it is like starting something with open hands letting go of that control that you think you might want to have with it because you have no idea where it's going to go. It's, 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 you just, it, it was just born, right? Like you have no idea what kind of life that it's going to be. That's what Pat and I did when we started this podcast. We're like, we're going to do like 10 episodes 
We're not even going to figure out what we're like. We're not even going to like label it until those 10 episodes are done, because by the time we've reached episode 10, it'll be something completely different than what it was during episode one. And you go into this with this lack of control and let it be its own thing. And you created that. When it comes to music, you guys created that. Those songs, like that's yours. Just let it be itself. And there's so much freedom in that. There's so much like, uh, le- there's less stress when you're trying to like, like when you're just letting it be. Yeah, you got to be able to have yeah. fun. And yeah. Yeah. if it's not fun, it's exa- not worth doing. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and so a couple of things on that. One, it's interesting that you say, you know, you set the 10 episode mark, but let's see where it takes us. I think that's a really, um, really sage piece of advice in that way and how it um, relates to, um, in almost a metaphoric sense, uh, songs. Young bands, they're just like, hey, what? uh," And I, you know, being asked this question um, pretty often, uh, hey, I have a new band, I have a new project or, you know, we're trying to get off the ground. What would you recommend? You know, do you have any advice? Like, what was the what, what's the one? What's the most important thing? You know, to do whatever. Which and well, I think that that in some ways um, is dependent on where you are and the way that av- yeah. that advice is presented or qualified. Because again, uh, everybody truly is different. One person might be like, "Hey, you can't play guitar. Like, <laughs> you should either play something else or really work on that if you want this to work." Right. Yep. Um, right. You know, but then somebody else might be at a virtuoso level, yeah, and then just be writing songs that I'm just like, well, they're they're just pretty vapid and they're not gripping at all, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like two different. So it, it's tough to say work on this, work on that. But that is why the umbrella and the <coughs> overarching thought that I usually come back to on that is write, write, write. Yeah, write as many mm-hmm. songs as you can. Not because and understand again, not trying to make everyone perfect because perfectionism is the death of invention and in a lot of ways um i mean i can be honest that stifled me in a lot of my output as a teenager and even like outside wonder years for years Mm. you know as we were getting going um because i wanted things so wholeheartedly to be finished and i think that was a lot of like ego trying to prove you know that i could make the perfect uh song or curate the perfect arrangement uh which uh which, you know, says a lot um, in terms of also from a songwriting process, you will start to uncover if you're in a band, for example, uh, you'll start to uncover strengths and weaknesses across each member. Right. And be like, Hey, I like our singer might be like, eh, like pretty good. Like there's some room to improve, Mm -hmm. but you might realize, Oh, holy shit. Your drummer can, shred and do this stylistic thing that's really unique and you will only start to reveal or see those patterns if you kind of just let it go instead of trying to be like nope we're this band we don't do that our fills are like this and then our guitar parts are like this that's it if you're so rigid you're gonna miss the things that actually make you unique and authentic as an artist and that's literally especially now people are like well how the fuck do i cut through the noise that's how you cut through the noise by being, you know, counter to the current of yep. in that way. Um, and so uh, by writing songs, that's what you find. Now, with Wonder Years, the record that we're, um, you know, we're finishing up right now sounds a whole lot different. Now, there are portions of it in there that definitely harken back to songs that I'm relearning right now for yeah. this uh, upcoming tour. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but it's everything in between. And I think the beauty of that is that we did 
at a certain point in our career, start slowly um, and methodically like letting go and, mm -hmm. and letting up and trusting the underlying current and filter of what it is. I wonder your song will always be a song that makes it through the gauntlet of the six of us. Yeah. And that is like a really incredible thing to be able to get to a point to trust your whole band as an entity and a force and be able to rely and lean back on that. And instead of being like, Hey, I'm worried. Is this going to, is this song going to turn out great? Is this album going to be bad? Whatever. Are people going to like it? You can just be like, Hey, decidedly it will, if for nothing else, be a wonder years record. And that seems like that's yep. worked in a lot yep. of ways thus far. So getting to that point and granted it's tough if you got three songs, but it's better than one song because you can stretch in different ways mm -hmm. on each song and start to understand and, and grow. And let's go back a little bit to what you were talking about when it comes to um, like even just the writing process. Like you brought up a really cool point. Look, leave your ego at the fucking door. Like leave your ego at the fucking door. If there's a better guitar part out there than the one that you came up with or the one that maybe you can't play and have to learn it, Put it on the fucking record because it fits the song better. Leave your like. I, I'm a shit guitar player. I like. I love playing <laughs> guitar. I'm a shit guitar player, right? Like Victor could write all. He's my guitarist. He could write all the things, and I'd just be like, it's better than what anything what I would get. And then I might have to play it live, right? Like, okay, I'll learn it. But if he's coming up with it, that's all that like matters. Let people shine where they're supposed to shine and i told this to pat i think yesterday on our last podcast i was like dude if they made a bare vocal plugin where like all, like i didn't have to even go into the studio to sing or to record vocals i'd just let the producer do it i'd just let him do it because he'd come up with something so much better than i would like <laughs> and there's like maybe you, you, you never, never know. know and i'm selling myself short You're sure a, you, but the idea behind you, it is you do good things stop the idea behind it is like leave your ego at the door. Like somebody else, like there are there are musicians out there who are better than every single one of us on the Zoom call. Who are better than every like, and and all of those musicians think each other are better than them. The real ones, you yeah. know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that and, simple. Well, and I, I think uh, a lot of what you're what you're kind of diving into there too applies to the idea that um, you know a band at a certain point has to identify their strengths and weaknesses and why things aren't working. And sometimes it's a tough pill to swallow or even worse. So they may never get there because their community around yeah. them, nobody wants to tell them the, the truth. Yeah. It's like, Hey man, the reason the song's not streaming is because it's not that great or the recording's bad, yeah. you know, like, and I, and I've had to, I've had to do that. And I, you know, I've gotten better at it because I also had to swallow a lot of those ego points getting better over the years mm -hmm. myself from people that way that could way outplay me. People that are just like, cool, I can push back. I'm allowed to have my own opinions, but also I definitely don't have a wall full of Grammys. So yeah, something <laughs> right. in that brain of yours that's, um, you know, if people keep trusting you yep. and I come back, this is a big thing. Um, you mentioned the record process, the podcast we're about to start. Um, rolling out new episodes this February uh, and a huge staple in that um, that we take from my creative process. And I've seen it so, so firsthand uh, with wonder years over the last two decades 
but then in every other project that I touch from a production end, from a mix end, from a songwriting end, um, is this idea of trust. You can't walk in and just be like, boom, that's bad. That's wrong. This should be like that. And that should be like that. Um, because then you're Drop just trying to like make away. your record with a, you know, your own record with a, with somebody else's hands. Right. <laughs> um, you have to, you have to start to understand that it is, uh, very difficult for someone who wrote a song, made all these decisions that they think are objectively correct yeah. to then have that challenged. And that's a really, that can be a really fragile process. But the bands that I've seen that are most successful are the ones that get to a point where they identify this could be better. They maybe get a peek behind the curtain at some really calculated feedback or like honest feedback from somebody that cares. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe it's said gingerly and not heavy. Yeah. And developing and that relationship with that producer even. Like, well, and, and some of them, like I say, some of them don't get there or don't get an opportunity mm-hmm. to, or don't have the means, whatever it is. But the first thing is identifying, Hey, where could we be better? Absolutely. Right? And, and then taking whatever small step you're able to take as a band uh, is usually a thing. And being able to be able to challenge yourself um, and saying, and I see it every day where it's like, well, I don't know. I really like this and be like, totally fine. Just try it. Yep. And try it twice because you're going to hate it the first time because you have demoitis because you've been sleeping on this song for like two years. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, the same exact version and the mix that you've been tweaking and pining on the demo like this, that, you know, every nuance of it. So anything that's not that will objectively sound wrong. Yeah. And having to deal with that. Um, and that is why I say being open minded and realizing you are there and you are bringing these songs. They are your babies. Mm-hmm. But you want your babies to grow and thrive. And also sometimes as a parent, um, you know, in the parenting mentality, you can't be overbearing because you're going to stifle your kid. Right. Um, So uh, you got to let them go and be like, Hey, are you a a world-class collegiate, like swim, like swimmer, swimmer? No, then why don't you let the swim coach yeah. coach your your child in that? <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and and, um, and in that same way, it's just like if someone else has thoughts or different perspectives, bring them in. That doesn't mean you have to listen to every single one, but like at least try it. And honestly, like nine times out of ten, I've I've watched it time and time again with the band. Just like I don't know, and be like, hey. I'm not saying that I'm right. It is just a thought I'm having. Yeah. But also at a certain point with the production relationship, it's like you're hiring me to give you those thoughts, you know, yep. um, right. and deliver them. Um, my name goes really small on the back of the record. You're the name, yep. that, you know, and the photo that goes really large on the front. So this is your record. Um, do whatever you want. Yeah. But also I think you want it to be better if you've made it this far and are, and are trying to extend that kind of trust. But it, it but it is tough and, and some people are not good at yeah, fostering. Absolutely. That. And then, you know what, before we get into the whole producer thing, cause we want to, we want to dive deep into like your mentality behind uh, being a producer. What it like to you, what is the importance of pre-production and demos for anybody out there listening who may not even know what that is. What is that importance as a band in general? Right. Well, uh, for anybody that is curious about this, we actually uh, on season one of the record process where we kind of walk through the entire um, like phase by phase of making a record. We do, I think, like a a multi-part series on pre-production for exactly this reason, because we've seen the value of it um, 
and how much of an impact it makes to the overall final product. Um, uh-huh. And I and you talk about like production philosophies and ph- and then record making philosophies. Truly, I think uh, like great records are most, if not all of the time, made or broken in the, that pre-production phase. Um, and I say this because um, that pre-production phase look, can look very different from one record to another, from one yeah. band to another, right? Depending on the makeup of the band um, and all of that. So uh, the goal is what we're talking about in those trust moments that's kind of where all of that starts to really come together in terms of the foundation, right? So you can have like tweaks to be like, hey, I think I want the vocal down like 0.1 dB, you know, and be like, okay, that's, that's, that's a, a back and forth like debate. But also at that point, I will be completely honest, a vocal up or down is not going to make the song a hit or not, right? You know, <laughs> yep. hit in air quotes, because what is a hit, right? Um, so, uh, that's why I say that what will make a difference is, Hey, the course is good, but your drummer's right foot is overplaying the hell out of it. Mm. Let's refine that pattern. So it actually gives space to the vocal and works with it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then really lock in on that. Right. And so it's like, that's a foundational element and then building up everything on top of it. Um, cause a lot of it, and just like the, the 10,000 foot view for me of making a really great, compelling record is engage in every part, uh, every phase of that process as though the next process doesn't exist, mm. you know? So if you're writing a song, right, try to write the hell out of it so that you, to get it to a point where you think it doesn't need anything else or is great, yeah. right? And then be able to challenge yourself and go into pre-production with somebody whose opinion you also trust um, and reach out in that way and see if you can make it better, right? And have the pre-production as though if you were going to put a microphone in the middle, so this being with like a live band, right? Like in the, in the world of like pop punk, this being like a, if you can put a microphone in the middle of your practice space, in the middle of your garage, your attic, your basement, whatever, make the arrangement so good and so tight that even if somebody just listens to a recording of one microphone in the middle of the room and has no no idea what plans you have for the production, they'd be like, yo, that song rips. Right. Yeah. And that like, that is an incredibly powerful thing as though you're not going to go record it and do all the bells and whistles and, and modern, like, you know, kick flips and everything like that. Right. Um, and same thing with recording and mixing record with the intent that you don't need to, that you shouldn't need to ask whoever is mixing it, even if it's yourself to fix things yeah. later. And that, right? and that brings it to right. back to like what we've said on this podcast, uh, probably a million times before where it's like, focus on writing a good song Fo- that just like you said, write the fuck out of that song. Like, like, because you can polish a turd, as much as you want, and it's still going to be a shit song. But if you can start off with a skeleton that has like a an actual foundation, a good structure, a perfect weight, like perfect building blocks, that 
is what's going to get you to the best song that it can possibly be. I'm not talking about searching for a hit. I'm not talking about trying to get on charts. I'm talking about serving the song the best way you can as an artist for you and for your band. It starts as simple. It's as simple as picking up an acoustic fucking guitar and writing the shit out of some good ass lyrics. Just went through a breakup. Write some shit out of that. You know, like did the best thing that you've ever done in your life. You had it in a moment. Write the fuck out of that. It's not rocket science. And back to what you're saying about like pre-pro and, and demo and all that process. If that's not something that you have the access to maybe you're not new like you're new to the studio thing maybe you don't even have your first interface yet go to somebody you trust it's okay like hell you can pay a producer hey i'm gonna give you like a couple hundred bucks and we're gonna demo out a song and then you can take that home and go what would i change how would i change it write it and then once you have those ideas down go to a producer that you trust and get that shit on lock it's it's a really uh in-depth process and honestly quite frankly it's a time-consuming process i had a song that i started four fucking years ago and just finished like last year right sometimes i've had a song that i start in five minutes and i'm like this is actually something good like what the fuck it's not about the time it's about the effort that you put into it it'll a good song will always shine through no matter what hell that's part most of the fucking like 60s 70s and 80s with like Honestly, let's be honest here. Some of the sh- like shit production versus what we have to today. Now, granted, they did amazing things with the things that they had with their time, and I, it blows my mind what they could do. But they didn't have access to modern-day tools, and their songs are still so iconic because it's a oh, good yeah. song. Well, and they're, they're the exact examples that prove the philosophy I was just talking about, where they recorded things, the, the records... They didn't need all the extra polish and mm-hmm. all the extra like scrubbing and surgical, um, you know, fixes because straight up, if you were standing in that room and you were and you heard those vocal performances, you heard those full band live recording performances, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, that's going to sound great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, you, yeah. you have no idea oh, what kind anything but, about gear and you're like, well, how could they fuck that yeah, up? That's but at the same time, at the same time, and I could be completely wrong oh. with this. I feel like the thing you were talking about earlier about like, you know, developing the community around you to be honest. I feel like back then they were just straight up with you like, "Holy shit, you can't play guitar." Like, what cuz oh, they were they'll, they'll kick you out of the studio. Yeah. They'll be like, "Absolutely no, not." I'm get bringing in else. my musician. Like, I'm bringing in my Boom. studio musician who's on retainer cuz it's like, "Now <laughs> I can go in and I can quantize shit. I can go in and I can edit the whatever the hell I need to edit. Hell, I'm not even that great of a singer. I it sounds like I am." <laughs> Thanks to like the shit that we got but back then you were right, you were I wasting mean, you time can... money space tape you were wasting resources get the fuck right. out now, i mean nowadays like you can have people that are you know that are just that are that can't really play guitar but you're like well we'll just bounce you in right here yep yep we're, you we'll know, punch I, you in. oh you missed this note we'll just have you hit this note we'll punch yep. you in right here or even just like sitting there like you know it, you know if you want something really beefy you just like strum on like the 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 low e or whatever you're tuned it down to right just the one and then you do it again and then you do it a third time and now you have three of them and then you put them all together and they're, they're huge and then you like pan one left one right one center and you're like there you go i just played the one note like and then sometimes you just play it to a metronome like try this and then you just play to a metronome no music no whatever and then you take that you drag it over and you plug it in like 
and, and you know what? Uh, you know what, Bear? So that actually kind of brings me to another portion of the uh, kind of philosophical mindset, if you will, um, that a lot that uh, making Wonder Years records has certainly um, grilled into my DNA and and made me a firm believer in. But also seeing it work outside of just us and seeing other bands that. Um, that are incredibly <coughs> talented as players um, and vocalists and are, li- and are amazing live bands, right? It's the fact that um, what you're describing, you can do that with modern tools and you can like kind of like one by one, you can quantize things. You can make, you can effectively turn a real, a, a, you can effectively turn a less, um, less rhythmically consistent drummer into MIDI hits, yep, right? Into a perfectionist. Uh, if, you wa- if you want to. Um, however, I would also then, and this is my philosophy, challenge the idea and vocabulary of perfection because when you talk about quantizing, beat detectiving thing, these are all tools, but just like any other tool, you can overuse it yep. and you can use it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And that for <coughs> me, making great records and with Wonder Years, if you look back at like the first records we did and admittedly, we probably needed a little bit of help here and there. Um, you know, no two ways about it um, in terms of editing. It, you know, we just <coughs> were not as strong of players. Yeah. We were not, you know, as strong vocally. Um as as we as we are now um, across the board, and I'm thankful that we were able to make a record that conveyed the vision of those songs without distractions uh, of you know those imperfections. But now, uh, I'll give you a great example. Every record um, since Upsides, we've done pre-production demos that effectively shake out to all of us in a live live band doing multi-tracking so before we even get in the studio we know how the overall blend will sound Mm. from a live perspective standpoint right no like no overdubbing no like let's quad stack these guitars and then that part will sound right no we want the honest take of what this song is going to sound like when it's played back live Mm -hmm. in a venue without any other um you know special effects or trickery and if we get it to a point where we convince ourselves uh, that that's working or there's something not working, we adjust it in the arrangement between the six of us that we have right there. That's not to say we can't go and do other things to embellish it and use those tools. However, that's a huge important factor for us and a driving force so much so that then when it came time to do Sister Cities, we made a calculated choice uh, with Joe Ciccarelli um, we went out to LA and we, um, were doing all of our tracking at sunset sound and we did it in their, um, studio one live room. We tracked 80% of that record live. All of those that wow. you hear is all of that band through that Neve board. And sure, if something needed to be overdubbed, ah, there was a, there was a weird crackle in the guitar line or, you know, that effect trail, what was a little screwy or wasn't clean, but 80, I'm not kidding, 80% of that all across the band was all done live. The takes are our bass player and drummer playing together. And they are not like quantized and snapped to a grid all separately. There's an ebb and flow in that energy um, that is decidedly, like I said, trusting your band, that is decidedly Wonder Years. It is decidedly that rhythm section. It is so much of us playing off of each other and the energy and excitement of a take 
I don't think anybody would listen yeah. to those records and be like, ooh, their timing's a little off. Right, right. But if you look at that ag- right. ag- against a grid, you'll see the band kind of dip, peak, and accentuate those moments in theatrics on a small scale, you know? Like, um, we're not, like, falling off or behind the click. It's mm-hmm. what a real band does and how the the human element of that music. So that is the yeah. one thing that I would also compel a lot of bands nowadays to look at is you can do that, but don't look at that as a supplement, a supplement for getting better as a live band because if any of those songs start gaining traction, you're going to have to go play it and immediately people are going to know what you did. Absolutely. So consider that because that's that other side of the coin. Also, let's be real up until two years ago, touring was the only way you were probably going to be able to make any semblance of money to support yourself Mm -hmm. and support your career that you're trying to grow. Absolutely. So why would you spend all this time trying to, fake something out in the studio for things that aren't there just to go have it fall flat live. And maybe that was your one chance. Cause then what's going to happen is somebody's going to be like, yo, I was listening to that song a lot. I was really excited to see you guys. And it was awful. Mm -hmm. Not a fan. (laughs) Right. Um, Right. And that's the, and that's the whole thing. It's like, sometimes you do get one shot and that memory is kind of scarred and be like, even if you continue to put out great things, there's still bands this to this day that like 20 years ago were, incredible had records that were like you know gold platinum records and there are people that still are just like yeah i saw them like they were bad live mm-hmm. well they probably didn't end up their career like 10 15 years later bad live but that memory still sticks yeah and there are so many people out there maybe some of them are listening now that remember the wonder years as a bad live band because at one time we might have fallen into that category you know we were i would say we would fall into the category of not the most calculatedly assembled um live act right um and now that's been something that's been been fun for us to explore but we've also explored it in honesty and to get to the point where you can really trust by just doing the reps and playing together for 15 years we're like hey we sound pretty darn good Mm -hmm. and pretty tight and we feed off of each other and try to like elevate all of our performances because nobody wants to be the one that kind of like blows a take or whatever. And then you get this really incredible power um, out of it. And it's, I mean, it makes the experience that much better. And that that's like this intangible that translates to a record that you can't really match. That's fantastic. So, okay. We got one more question for you before we get into our next segment. This has been freaking incredible guys. If you guys are out there listening and you like, and you're just like here, you're not like hearing anything figure the, the fuck out we have casey from the fucking wonder years somebody who's been there done that take like take their advice now don't get me wrong okay anybody on this podcast that we've ever talked to has always given advice so the one thing that pat and i have always always come back to is there are many ways okay every way is just a way and as casey said earlier every tool is a tool but it can be overused Make sure that you're doing it the way that is true to you and the way that you guys calculate and communicate with your band. Casey has been talking to us about the communication that he's got with his band and that level of trust that they have built and that they have developed over the course of years doing this shit. You're not going to get good the right off the bat. Talk to each other. Communicate with each other. Have fun with each other. Play around loosely. Do what you got to do. When it comes down to it, write a good-ass song, get good-ass production, and a good-ass crew behind you. With that said... Casey, the last question we want to ask you is, what made you want to start getting into the producer engineering game? What was that? 
What was that like for you? What was that hurdle? Because like we've all been there. Like I was in a band before I even decided to start a studio, and my studio is basically I'm just trying to crank out demos right now. I'm on. It's not that great, but hey, demos and starting on a good song. So what made you yeah. want to like take that route? Uh, I think it's a pretty simple answer in, in and of it that uh, you start writing and me for me writing as a guitar player um, first and foremost, but then in just you know a full song scope, you need something to to bring to the band, right? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it starts with you know a little two channel interface uh, yeah. many years ago, right? Um, just to put ideas down, get ideas down, and I think it um, over. Over the course of making records uh, with Wonder Years and seeing that whole like, you know, extended period, whether it be you know a year, two years until you know from the first song, you know first first ideas uh, of the the first semblance of songs to you know the final masters, right? Um, or just like spending a month in a studio in that mindset, grinding like 12, 14 hours a day. Um, you, you see the transition, so then every time you go back to track some demos, you get a little bit more ambitious and say, well, I know how good it sounds you know, when we do it this, so maybe let me, let me try and um, reach a little bit better or, or you know, up the quality or try some new production things um, and, and, and learn from the arrangement decisions and, and things like that. So it, it, it started to kind of grow in that way, just from kind of like, like you said, just from demos. Right. Um, and, and doing that and enjoying to do that. And then trying, then the experimentation part was already kind of baked in because like I said, I was a guitar player. So I'm already used to experimenting with the effects worlds, whether it be time-based effects, gain, compression, volume, right. Um, some things that maybe if you were a drummer, you naturally wouldn't gravitate or have a handle on some drummers do. And don't get me wrong. Um, but that is, uh, for me, was like um, was a very easy foray into. Okay, well, now how am I using those creatively to sew these ideas together? Um, you know, and again, all tools, right? With a pedal board, it's all tools just to manipulate one sound source, and then the extrapolation of that is well, how's everything? If we're all working together with a great live mix in a band in a basement. Um, and let's be real, it wasn't a great mix early on. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the guitars were way too loud. You know, either you we, no vocal. We get it. You know, we've <laughs> all been there. Um, that would also be, as a quick aside note, if you're in a band right now, ah, dude, I'm going to make myself sound so fucking old and I don't care. Uh, it's hard. I challenge you, turn your guitars down until you can actually hear the vocal preach. in your practice space. Fucking preach. <laughs> Yo, can you, can you say it again for the people in the back please <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know um i that's hey that that is one if you talk about you know like hindsight being 2020 that is truly one <laughs> where when you get in the world and we did uh so the first record we did with uh with steve evitz who i love dearly um for those of you that don't know maybe you can throw it in the show notes go look up his discography and you probably are aware of a few uh, of his um pretty legendary releases over the years um he's done saves the day he's responsible for Tight. a pretty much a large swath of dillinger escape plans catalog which if anybody knows that band oh yeah Woo. 
and I'm sure a I lot do. of I'm sure a lot of drummers know that band for a certain <laughs> yep. reason. Oh. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, so um, you know, we we, we kind of uh, affectionately refer to it as um, well from a drumming standpoint, Steve Evitt's boot camp. But it's because he's tracked so many technical um, animals, um, and he's one of the best engineers I know. Um, and getting in on that, it was the first thing where this is before we even, you know, we're running in-ear rigs and, and everything was all internal and all, you know, digital. Um, this was just like, we all had rooms we set up. And the first thing is like, I can't hear, I've got earplugs in and I can't hear anything. Like can the guitars turn down? And of course the guitars is like, well, I can't hear myself. Well, now he turned down. Now he's too loud. All I hear is his, you know, him, like, (laughs) you know, I can't get in the vibe. Um, Save yourself that because if you do work with a producer that says, all right, let's try this. I want to hear what it sounds like in the room. That's the first thing that he kind of does. And I take that and I run with that. Uh, Every record I do like that now, if I'm doing pre-production like that, I'm actually trying to get a sense of hearing the vocal because whether you like it or not, your singer is going to be on the top of the mix. You know what I mean? Probably (laughs) um, depending on the genre, of course. And if you don't like it, be in an instrumental band. Um. Right, right, totally. It's like then there's also a lane for that as well. If you just want those guitar leads and tapping up front, yeah, right? Um, then do, then do that on your save time. But again, serving the song, yep. you want to hear that because that vocal, if that's going to be the most prominent thing in the mix, yep. Then why are you like Though, not hearing it? Because you can make way more calculated yeah, decisions absolutely. to support that with the rest of absolutely. the band and have it work but cohesively. But that said, so. singers, make sure you get your head out of your asses. You're not the most important person in the band just because you're the vocalist. <laughs> Sit down, shut the fuck up, and help load in, okay? Like, you, it's- sound, <laughs> you sound very stupid if the band isn't there. So, <laughs> yeah, ex- uh, exactly. <laughs> you taking this as a solo project Make sure project you're loading not- in the amps too, <laughs> bud. You sound like a guy yelling that yeah. has, um, well, maybe you do have some mental health issues, and that's okay. We're yeah. not shaming that, but like... Like, it definitely looks a little different if you don't have a band yeah. that's there to, like, su- support going, and guide going you. Going solo and isn't going to work out yeah. for you. Let's just put it that yeah. way, okay? If the yeah. band leaves, <laughs> you don't have a band, okay? Um, uh, with that said, you though, You can't like, play every instrument at once simultaneously. <laughs> you, you, there are people out there, and I, it's, they're fucking incredible. It's amazing. If you've you seen can, s- but not like, in the genre that we're here speaking <laughs> about, I think. No. But <laughs> with that said, there's, like, there's a... Uh, there's an importance to understanding the part and the role that you play in your band. 100%. Like, I, when I first started my first garage mm-hmm. band, it was just about play as much as I could. Like, I want to I be heard. Like, and then, like, you, you kind of grow up and you're like, you know, well, you know what's more important than always playing music? Playing the pauses. You know what's more important than having, like, uh, one thing to go? Like, it's just, it's just fucking play the pauses. Do your part. Play the parts. That's right. It, 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 That's right. It, it makes so print, much okay. Print out a note and say and stick it on stick it on the fridge, stick it in the on your amp, wherever. It's just less is more. And think about one place in whatever song that you can implement that and see if it works for you. You know, perfect. Um, it doesn't always work. Sometimes you need the chaos, but yeah. sometimes you got to let it breathe. So with that, we're gonna go to a quick break, and we will be right back with our last segment. This portion of this week's episode is sponsored by Humans Were Here Records. To celebrate the release of their first single of 2022, TLB's Fucked Up and Lonely, they will be hosting a Zoom party on February 7th at 7.30 p.m. You'll get to hang out with the band, 
and a slew of other awesome guests. There will be games, prizes, and attendees will also receive exclusive coupon codes. To attend, all you have to do is visit the Humans Were Here Instagram, click the link in their bio to pre-save the song, and you're good to go. Fucked Up and Lonely by TLB is streaming everywhere beginning February 8th. And we're back with Casey from The Wonder Years. Casey, again, we want to thank you so much for being on this podcast. This is absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm still a little, like, flustered because, holy shit, I got to see you guys a couple times at Warp Tour. So this is awesome for me. Um, yeah. With that... I actually, that's where I first... That's actually where I it's, first saw yep. you guys. Um, our buddy... Uh, I was on Warp Tour with a company called Plug Your Holes. Oh, and yeah. uh, a buddy of mine, Puppy... Right, massive, massive <laughs> fan, and uh, I think it was like 2011 or 2012, and he was like, "Dude, you guys got you gotta watch them." Yeah, and you were you were on like a one of the, I think it was sm- one of the smaller stages. It wasn't main. Yeah, that checks out. And oh, puppy, man, I remember uh, my yeah. first puppy's great. My man. first tour as a hired gun, uh, I flew out to I flew out to Pennsylvania or whatever, and uh, I was listening to, um, uh, came out swinging, like. And just classic. Yeah. And I was like, because uh, I was literally sleeping on the airport floor, like waiting for my flight. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the life, ma'am. This is this is what I this is what I wanted. Is he behind <laughs> me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that said, we're gonna go into our next segment. Pat, do you want to bring us in, or you want me to? I don't. Absolutely. I got, got it. Absolutely. Got it. Bring it. So this is our obscure question segment. Uh, it's just weird, off the wall questions. Anything that while we're kind of working on uh, our you know, important questions, um, just random things that popped into our head. Yeah. So this with has that, to do with music. so no, so being in, well, I'm mean, well, I okay, so, these ones do, these who ones knows do. where <laughs> you don't know where my answer is going. Yeah. <laughs> so with being an elder emo like myself, you know, what is one part of emo slash like pop punk culture that you wish you could bring back from the dead? Oh, wow. Well, um, age is uh, just a number and all about how you feel. So don't call me old, but yes, uh, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm, I just, did, yeah. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, no, I uh, I feel it on uh, on the colder days. <laughs> um, My knees is, hurt tonight. Yeah, what is, what is something that I wish I could bring back? Yeah, like studded huh. belts. Uh, like what about like the the cool graphic design T-shirts back Ooh. in the 2008. The like, all-over print T-shirts yeah. that my friend uh, Mike Cordata probably was responsible the, for, like, 95% of for, like, a 10-year period in the Hot Topic wall. Yep. Do you remember – do you all remember, like, the side print shirts for a while there, too? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I, just, I, oh, I remember yeah. it all, and, and some of it I uh, wish I could forget. Yeah. Still trying to forget. So which, which one <laughs> um, would you bring back? Ooh, honestly. You know what? I will say – if we're bringing it back for the bit, not because I thought it was like a glamorous fashion choice, um, I will say that I do have a very loose memory. Um, this is like in the like uh, the complete antithesis of the like skinny jean um, like emo segment. Um, the wallet chain, um, which is not necessarily. Dude, I got you one know, on right now. Oh, dude, honestly, <laughs> b- amen. Bless your heart. Um, I had one. Um, Years ago, and I feel like I remember this was, and uh, if we're talking about like subculture, fashion, and everything, you know, that you would purchase in a Hot Topic or Spencer's, Mm -hmm. um, I feel like the wallet chain stuff for a while was just like how many wallet chains 
could you like get on there, you know? And then it went to like, okay, bandanas. And then it went to, you know, um, how many wristbands you could wear. Right. Right. And I, um, I don't know. The wallet chain thing was just like a, Hey, um, you know, do you really want to, make your belt work overtime. Okay, cool. Let's throw, <laughs> um, let's throw yeah, like yeah. eight pounds of a dangly metal on it Perfect. Um, and see how that lives. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you I'd got, have to say oh. I missed, Oh, nope, I was, go gonna, go I was just going to say, I, I'd have to say I miss uh, Dickies. There you go. I miss Dickies. A lot. Oh, what are you talking right. about? They, they never went away. <laughs> <laughs> I am also wearing those right now. Oh though. my God. <laughs> exactly. <Okay. See>? exactly. <laughs> if you got quantum leaped into a cartoon dimension, what animated character would you want to share a body with and why? Ooh, animated character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a tough one. So I'm not, um, I mean, I love cartoons, but it's just like when someone puts you on the spot, I'm just like, Oh, favorite all-time animated character. I mean, I guess that's literally so many. To be fair, um, mine would be Perry the Platypus. So, you know. Hey, honestly, to to each their own. I want. I feel like I want, you know, I don't know. I, I, I kind of start to go to, like, um, I almost start to go to, like, the old, like, comic book, like, DC Marvel world. There you because go. I, because truthfully, um, and again, I, not like a... I did miss like the comic book like wave. I feel like so many people, it's like if you got bit by that early, you're just in. Yep. And I respect the hell out of that because it is such an incredible art world. I shout out Patrick. I see, I see all that <laughs> behind you. I love that. Um, oh my god! You should have started this. You should have started the episode with this convo. This would have really made you feel at home. Um, oh, and yeah. you could have. Ta- I think we could, did that yesterday. And you could have taught me a thing or two. Um, no, but I think um, aside from like going with somebody that has like a super sexy sexy bod um you know dude i like i I mean the flying people are like what superpower would you like i truly flying it's just like i feel like you know from a dream state i like i i love that idea and um and really obsessed with that and i feel like it has this like beautiful like detached like acceptance to it um and also kind of like you know facing down the fear of heights kind of thing mm-hmm. and just and letting go so i feel like it would probably be somewhere in the like superman but he's obviously not the only fly guy right um but, but he is the but, fly but he is guy. the fly guy um right so i got you i'll say superman yeah, yeah, yeah. All, right, all right we'll do that with you okay so we're gonna move on to our next segment just to, we, we gotta get you out of here we want to respect your time thank you so much for being here but we're gonna keep going this next segment is called rapid fire question segment are you ready for that? i don't think you're ready oh are you ready? yes so ready <laughs> I so love, all I you gotta do rapid. The... I love Tess rapid. Yes. Um, <laughs> Go get tested. Um, so, so I love fires. For this, for, the, for this, all you all you gotta do, you know, just like think think with your heart and shoot from the hip. You know, it's just whatever comes to your mind right away. Got it. Okay, you ready? Yes. All right. Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. MTV or Fuse? Fuse. I interacted. We. Inter- I feel like we interacted a lot more with Fuse on Warp Tour. I felt like they were always around. There this is go. not necessarily a positive or a thumbs up or thumbs down to either. I'm just picking Fuse because Absolutely. it's um, ingrained in me. Uh, but I do want. I did want my MTV when I was younger. So, so did uh, you Duran Duran. PlayStation or Xbox? Uh, I would honestly. I never got to the Xbox world. All my friends had them. I was always a PlayStation kid. Yes. Um. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like a. I think I just truly maybe like, because it really, it's better. 
Like, well, you know what? Oh, and stop. I, I don't even. I don't even think that that's true. As a PlayStation kid, I think that for me, it was more of I was starting to get sidetracked real hard mm. with music and playing in a really bad band, yeah. uh, like twenty plus <laughs> years ago with my now bass player. Um, and I think like I started to teeter off right after like you know the like PlayStation Two play you know whatever like at, right after that. And that was kind of the same time, like Xbox came in, but like I never made the jump. Whereas if I had kept gaming, I probably, I'm sure, would have made the jump to go on console with all my other mm-hmm. friends. But I didn't, which is why I'm saying PlayStation Two. That's fair, well, fair but enough. I knew there was something like this, wrong about this. You. Is important. This one's important. <laughs> is a sweatshirt a sweater? Do you sweat in both? Good. Huh? huh. Did he just ask if us a, a rapid fire question? Huh. He just. He, he did. Just, he just, just rapid fired us. He just flipped that shit. <laughs> would it would it not be conceivable that um, it is a sweatshirt a sweater? I mean, dude, honestly, you know how much people are paying for like some custom Drake sweatshirts nowadays? Oh my god, a lot more than I've ever paid for a sweater. So that's fair. I don't know. You, you tell me, right? What it what is one typically? You know, what classifies the sweater? Is it price? Is it value? Is it material? Because I feel like yeah. they're all there. That's fair. Okay, we got a couple dangerous ones left. Tom DeLonge or Matt Skiba? Ah, dude, I love aliens. Mm-hmm. Tom. 100%. Right? 100% Tom. Guitar Hero or Rock Band? Ooh, Guitar Hero. It's just college. You know? yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the right It's choice. the right answer, too. Yeah. It's the right answer. Last question. Newfound Glory or Simple Plan? I mean, He's, we're asking newfound. him to choose his friends over over his friends. Yeah. You know that, right? I mean, it's I mean, no, it's fine. They'll they'll all understand. Um, but uh, let Pierre no, know you're I mean, sorry, we, <laughs> <laughs> um, dude. They 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 wrote. Hey, honestly, Canada's given them plenty. You know, they're good. They, they get it. They don't they don't they, need me. They all right. Uh, you know, um, they're okay. Um, they did have some bangers. They did do the whole dude, roo- rooftop ballad thing and, really well and, uh, and did you see their <laughs> did you see their like live performance with the uh, the symphony bam man oh, it's incredible. That was so good. And the new single? well that's just unfair <laughs> anytime anytime you put an orchestra behind it metallica taught us that with snm um right so i will say newfound but only because that was truly like i still have the memory of um i guess it was uh yes it was the self-titled record that had hit or miss on it and dress the kill was a pie. It was a burned copy of the CD. I also did have the actual CD, but for some reason I I like had a burned CD um, that was like in whatever CD player. And that's okay. The pirated version, uh, the one track, there was like a glitch and um, a, uh, like a skip, like a, like a digital skip, like a (laughs) uh, halfway through um, like the, like the second verse or something of dress to kill. And I listened to it, and to this day, I still know that song. And it was actually funny when we <laughs> toured with them uh, years ago. I think me and somebody else did the like, "Hey, you remember like the?" Tss? And we both like realized, like did it at the same time. And I almost lost my mind because it was like cool. <laughs> we definitely grew up in the world of Dude. internet piracy. This <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. What a memory! Mm, that's yeah. amazing. Um, that's awesome. And I, I think I've now gotten it out of my system. I mean, I haven't listened to that in a while, but um, I think I've now gotten that out of my system so that it's no longer ingrained. I forget that's where fantastic. it is now. That's, but, that's yeah. fantastic. Well, yeah. Casey, well, you did it. You made it through the podcast. Congratulations. Uh, here's a cookie, I guess. Uh, 
Damn it, I want a cookie, actually. Cookies in the mail. A little trophy is on its way, too. Some uh, you guys, well, thanks some, for the support, guys. Dude, I really appreciate yeah, it. No problem. Problem. Dude, thank you so much for, for being here, for talking to us. Um, so, so with that, plug the band, plug your podcast, oh. tell us what's next, yeah. what you got coming oh. up. Um, we got a lot of songs every night for a lot of days in a row. Um, in February and March, we are touring. We are playing both The Upsides and Suburbia. I've given you all and now nothing in full every night. Uh, quite an undertaking, not only to play, but I'm sure to listen to. So hang in there with us. It'll <laughs> be fun. We're all in it together. Can't wait. Um, and uh, but that is, that's going to be awesome. And, and what a what like a, a grand return uh, yeah. physically and emotionally to, uh, to touring. So crossing our fingers that everybody stays healthy, all stays well. It is still a very, uh, unpredictable time, obviously, as we track this, um, about a month out. So, um, with that, we're doing that. And then also around the same time, uh, season two of my podcast, the record process, which is hosted by myself and, my partner at True Level Studio, uh, Mr. Tom Conran, who's an incredible engineer, very gifted, creative uh, mind. Um, it will be us and a bunch of friends, old and new, each week talking about a legendary record that they, that guest for that week has had a hand in making, wow. whether that be the Where band themselves. Where can we find that podcast? Uh, that podcast is called, you can on Instagram at, at the record process. You can find it. I mean, any platform, you know, wherever you digest it, wherever Perfect. you're listening, I would say wherever you're listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast, that would probably be a good yep. place to start. Just go search the record process. You'll see a lot of colors and some bars and some text <laughs> that says as such. Um, and looking really forward to that. We've had some incredible conversations about, um, you know, those people's processes, um, making those records and the stories behind them, the things that changed the course of how they came out and how they came together. It's really interesting stuff. It's kind of, you know, similar to what we, you know, we discussed here, but way more specific to records that, you know, change the course of, of people's, um, lives, uh, in some cases and some that are very new and I think have a good chance at changing the course of both the artist's career trajectory and, uh, people who maybe find out about them. So I'm, tr we're trying to do both sides of the coin, um, and maybe, um, maybe show, show some new stuff. Cause I love listening to podcasts and being like, Ooh, that book, Ooh, that band. Great. Yeah, um, and, absolutely. and, uh, so that, that's going to be really cool. You can find that out there, and I would recommend if you're listening. To, I don't know when you're listening to this, but if it's before episodes start dropping, uh, obviously do the subscribe thing and, uh, you know, yes. help us out. Do Support the, this Leave guy, a little man. review. Talk about, you know, like make a joke. Say what you don't like about somebody. No, don't do that. Say what you like about somebody or just make it fun. If, you know, you don't have to be like, oh, my God, they're great. Oh, my God. Just, you know, just pop in and be like, hey. I'm here because you told me to do it. Yeah. So I did it. What now? Where's my cookie? Is it in the mail? Here's my address. Don't put that on the internet. You know? Um, so I don't know. Do whatever you want, but also you can reach out in a more formal way to us, um, either through my website, which is caseycavalier.com, or through truelevelstudio.com. 
and you will find everything you need and more there. And also, uh, I'm usually on Instagram, if uh, if any social media platform, um, more regularly than any of the others. And you can find me there at, at case underscore rock. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you awesome. so much for coming to this podcast. Guys, this has been another episode of Where Did All My Friends Go? A podcast about life in the music industry. Pat, do you have any last words that you want to say before we get the fuck out of here? Absolutely. We'll see you next week.